Hey, everybody. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. You're in the clouds today. I am in the clouds today. <laughs> and I'm in a Montaigne painting in the heart of Florence. In Hacking the Afterlife. In Hacking <laughs> the Afterlife. <laughs> so, how's it going? How's everything going on your side of the screen? It's going really well, actually. It's a gorgeous day. The beach has opened up. So I was down there at 6 o'clock yesterday morning. Wow. I know. I didn't want to miss anything. Well, and I'm glad. I'm, you know, because it, around this house, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about being trapped. And <laughs> the fact that you're already on the beach is great, you know. And today they came out and they said vitamin D3 for people like me who are always inside. You get a lot of D3 when you're in the sun. Well, they said that that was something that was lacking in the bodies that they've, um, bodies that had coronavirus. <laughs> People like me, at a certain age, your doctor goes, have you been taking your D3? And then, you know, you're like, what's D3? Well, I missed out on D1 and D2. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So we had a birthday this week. Not only your daughter, your lovely daughter, but our friend Luana on the flip side. So yeah. let's ask Lou. Lou, come on forward and let's hear what your party was like, or if there was one. How did you celebrate? Oh, why did they keep going out? So oh, did we freeze? Wow, that must have been a Luana. Oh, you're back. Yeah, you you're freeze. Is it me freezing or you? Mm. Okay, I'll pause. You're still, you're still in the same position. Okay. Uh, you know, it's when you, you're in an apartment with a lot of people on the Wi-Fi. You can only shout so many times. Hey, I'm online! Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. if you lose me or I freeze, I'm still getting you, so just go ahead. Let's talk to Lou. Lou, how was your birthday over on the flip side? It was on Tuesday. It was amazing. Oh, she showed me the aerial shot of watching Blakey too. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we, we had a social distancing, you know, with just a couple of her friends outside um, for her 16th. That's so funny. Um, I, and I had to blow up the balloons myself because there's no place, you know, whatever. But it was right. great. It was, I was very impressed myself doing this. <laughs> Um, it's actually amazing, but hold on a second. She's mentioning five, what, hold on, 500, what, what, her birthday. Give me a second. Seventy-two? Would she have been seventy-two? Oh, you know, age is just a number. Um, I know. No, older, but you know, maybe she felt 72. On the flip side, she's a young 72. She but, said 72 or 74. I couldn't quite, she, she like made fun of it that I was, that she was even saying. Yeah, she's just making up numbers. She never liked to talk about her birthday anyway. 500,000 years old. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, so. she's Jack Nicholas. Nicholson, excuse me. Jack so, Nicholson. Maybe he yeah. yeah, they were good pals. So, Lou, we 
I invited somebody here to class today, and I was just wondering, who do you have on your list? I don't know why I got Abe Lincoln. And I know that's not who you invited. So, well, on. I'm not going to kick Abe out for eating crackers in bed. What? What does Abe want to tell us? No, no, I was show okay, so I was shown that, and then I also felt the Broadway um, uh, Hamilton. And so maybe it's an, another actor. I don't know. You know how they try to unpack it with me. Sure. So somebody who might have worn a big tall hat and somebody who was show, show flamboyant. Yeah. So is it Willy Wonka? Or the <laughs> somebody who might have been considered Willy Wonka, but no. No. Um, Lou, I invited this one person. I invited a bunch of people, but this one particular person. Hold on a second. They're laughing at me right now. Hold on. Okay. I keep getting Hamilton, so I don't know what it is. I don't know. All right. I well, let's focus on that. Let's just allow whatever comes forward to be the thing that comes forward. The person that I invited will eventually step in. That's fine. So not, it's not the flamboyant person from Vegas that plays it. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that is who it is. <laughs> that is the flamboyant person who plays the piano. But you don't know his name. Yeah. That's what I love I, about talking to you. You are. It's the the black the. The, it's the other person, not Liberace, but it's the other person. And he's got a name that sounds like my name. <laughs> sounds like Jennifer. I know who it is. I know who it is. No, but I don't know. <laughs> Jennifer, that is him. His name Richard. is Richard. Richard. Yeah, okay. little Richard. Richard. That's it. Okay, so very good. His name so, sounds like mine. It's a great name to have me with somebody that had because well they could have gone many ways but they thought this would be interesting giving me abraham lincoln with the top hat and then giving me something that feels like hamilton that feels like the play then they took me to vegas to make me feel Liberace because they knew i wasn't gonna get little richard yeah, yeah. so they and sounded but so like that's all about his costumes little richard would have fit in the play hamilton wearing that kind of ruffled feathered you know that was his costume he would wear the ruffled shirts i don't even know what that's called but embarrassing i don't remember seeing i just i know he passed but i don't remember seeing. all right but let's ask lou is this who has come in front of you today are you letting him in yes all right so let's put him in our chair lou i'm going to ask him some questions direct questions I just apologize. I'm sorry, don't take it personally. What? Okay. I told him not to take it personally. What does that mean? That I didn't know him. Oh, yeah. Like I no. didn't know. Yeah, uh, he will take it personally. It's okay. It's Richard. He's a very unusual person. As we'll see. We'll see what he's like on the flip side. He might have he might be really quiet. So first question, Lou. Is Richard ready to talk to us? Hell no. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I heard when you said that 
maybe he's quiet over there. And I heard a hell no. Hell no. <laughs> okay, very good. I'm very um, familiar with his career and his life and his journey. But I want to know if it's okay. I wonder if it's okay to talk to him directly and if he's ready to talk to us or if he needs some assistance. He says he has a lot of help up there. Okay, very good. So, Richard, who was there to greet you when you crossed over? His mom. His mom. Very good. And what was that like meeting her? Hold on a second. And little chickens, he says. I have no idea what that means, but he's like little chickens. Don't judge it. Don't judge it. Oh. That's so funny. Huh. Okay. Let's ask him. Richard, this visual of the little chickens, are these related to where you grew up as a child? Yes. Did that help you make that transition by seeing those chickens running around your feet? Felt like a memory, yes. And did you, were you a believer in the afterlife or was this a surprise to you? I wanted, hold on. He wanted to believe. Wanted to believe, very good. So now you see your mother for the first time and she had passed away many years ago. What was that re reunion like? How did you see her? Was she the oh. age when she passed away? She was cooking in the kitchen, he's showing me. She's cooking it in the kitchen. Yeah, he's making like this yummy food. Like what? Give Jennifer a flavor. Biscuits. It almost feels like like this yummy like bread. Yeah, very good. Like biscuits. I'm going to ask you about your father. Jennifer doesn't know anything about you. Did you have you talked to your father since you were crossing over? Yes. Okay. And I want you to describe what that was like seeing him. He was crying. It was painful. Richard or his father? All of them. All of them. I felt Very like good. I felt like his dad left him when he was really young. It's true. They had a very tempestuous relationship. Richard, yeah. I want to talk. I want you to talk to the audience because I don't know if you're aware of what we're doing. Luana is helping you communicate with us. I'm recording this live. It's going to go on the internet, and people will tune in and believe, disbelieve. It doesn't really matter. But I want to ask you anything but i really don't know and, and i, I never I, we're, we've established that so the fact that you never tell me anything I, yeah but i did enough research about richard so that i could ask this question this okay. reconciliation between you and your father please talk about it it happened instantly when he got over there and how did your father look young or old <sighs> almost was like he was 19 his yeah. father. Okay. And your father uh, died under an unusual set of circumstances. Are you aware of that now? What happened? Was there a mob or anything like that? Or there was anything? a fight and there was a group of yeah. people and oh, one of Richard's friends was involved. But I don't know if people really understood what happened. But let's ask your father. His father's name you want me to give it to you? <laughs> I almost feel like it's a deck, but. <laughs> His name is Bud. So I'm gonna ask okay. Bud a question directly. Can I do that, Richard? Can I ask your father a question directly? 
how did how did you die? Did you accidentally shoot yourself or did somebody well, I, else? I saw him on the ground being shot. Okay. And so Thank you. I know, but it, and it was a black and white photo. Is the photo that okay. I was It's happened a long time ago. But yeah. well, Bud, I want to ask you about your relationship with your son. You were really rough on him. Why? Tell us why you were so rough on your son. I wanted him to toughen up. Okay. You were a man of the cloth. You were somebody who was a preacher. Ooh, okay. And there was something about Richard's personality you didn't like. What was that? Well, he's, he was like an older generation of ADD, but he also loved to dress up. He also, he was the best at playing piano. Like he was the best, you know, but. Yeah. I just didn't want him to be gay. Okay. I, just didn't be I understand. And in Richard's autobiography, he talks about you actually physically beating him when he was mm -hmm. a young boy. Trying to beat it out of him. Tried to beat it out of him. However, there was a transition. Once Richard became successful, then you were going to buy him a car. I think you might have bought him a car. And then there was this weird accident that happened between one of Richard's friends, a guy named Frank, and you. And Frank and you wrestled for a gun. You took the gun out. It was your gun, but Frank pulled it away from you. And now, according to you, he shot you in that moment. Is that correct? When I asked, yes, that's correct. But when I asked him, was it an accident? He's not really answering. So, but Frank, I'm sorry, but we can understand that everything is not quite an accident because these things happen for a reason. And we get to understand that once we cross over. Right. So Richard, back to you, my friend. Have you seen your friend Frank? Or I don't know if Frank is still on the planet. Oh, is that his first love? Could be. That's very possible. And that could have been the source of the argument. Is he, was, he, was he with men or women? I, I don't. He was, well, ask him. Don't, don't have oh. me tell you. I felt like it was both. Okay. It Come was on. both. That is correct. He, Richard was a, um, somebody who liked both men and women. But Richard, if you don't mind, talk to Jennifer a little bit about your sexual the, you know, the, the choices that you made in life. It wasn't so much about being with people, but you like to observe people. Is that correct? Yeah, I like to know how they text. It's almost like a psychology, he was in, like, it's almost like he would have studied psychology. <laughs> well, the, the classic word for it is voyeur. And he, according to many sources, he was somebody who enjoyed putting people together in front of him. That was, a source of entertainment for him. Always, he said. So let me ask you, what, once you crossed over, once you became aware that there was an afterlife, what can you tell us about it now? What's your experience now as opposed to being here? He says there's no limit on music up there. So the experience, he showed me what it's like here, how it just 
like, not that it plateaus, but it was just like a dull noise compared to all of like what we've experienced through print and so forth about how the intricacies of the frequencies are so, well, clearly they're not of the world, this world. So it's like a, a much vaster library of music that you can access. You barely scratch the surface, yes. And let me ask you about your journey. Did you have a previous lifetime as a musician? Oh, Aretha just showed up. That's funny. Hold on. Makes sense. She took him under her wing, it feels like. At some point in his life? Yeah, that's what it feels but like. But let me ask you, Richard, do you recall having a previous <laughs> lifetime? Oh, they both had issues with their dads being priests or whatever it was. being Dads first. being controlling. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you um, know, I must say on Aretha's behalf that I passed that information along to her niece, what Aretha said about her father being controlling. And that specific point was made her, what made her upset with us reporting that because that's not her experience. But we understand this is Aretha's experience felt like she was controlled by her father and broke out of that when she met that uh, producer in New York who changed yeah. her life. But back to Richard. Aretha, we appreciate you being here, but this is Richard's time. I don't want to take any time away from him. Um, I'm going to ask you some silly questions, Richard, if you don't mind. Can Wait, hold on one second. It almost feels like the same thing's gonna happen with his estate or his will. Yeah, I imagine so. Who did you leave it to? Did you leave it to anyone specifically or? No, that's why Aretha came in. So whatever happened with Aretha feels like it's happening with him. Okay. But, you know, these people and their wills, it's so simple. You know, go to wills.com and fill it out and you're done, Bob's your uncle. But I'm gonna ask you some musical questions, Richard. Okay. What key? Did you write okay. to Peruvian? Say it one more time. What key? What key? Piano or guitar. Okay, so I got two of them. I got G and I got A minor. Okay, very good. I mean, well, I have I, it was just a question I could ask. He might have played it in G. I don't know. I wanted to know because I can look that up, you see. I can check that out. I can watch him play it and see what key is in. Um, Have who are you hanging out with? Is there anyone from our class that you're hanging out with? Our group? That look around you. What's the guy that, oh, oh my gosh. I have him in my head, but I don't know his name. And he's another, he's a great, it's somebody that, um, Davis Jr. or little Davis Jr. Spencer Davis Is Jr.? He, Davis. Little Sammy Davis Jr. Yes. The yes. Okay, very good. He has shown up before. He has been, he hung out with Frank Sinatra when we interviewed him. Um, and there were quite a few people, including Prince, who said that one of the first people that he met and spent time with was oh. Sammy Davis Jr. Very yeah. And what was that like for you, uh, Richard, when you saw him or, I mean, did you see him as a young man or did you see him as an older man? How did you see him? Well, I'm 50, like, just like at a 
I don't know, some, they went to like New Orleans or something like that. There was something about New Orleans, um, somewhere they'd been. And then he said, to, he's showing me, as he's showing me this, it's almost like they talk about all the things they fucked up. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> um, all the things that they got wrong. In their lifetime, stuff that, well, what would be something, Richard, yeah. that you felt like that you got wrong? One of his kids, is there a child or there's a He play? did adopt a child. He did adopt okay. a child. He was married in the 1950s. It didn't feel like he adopted, so it didn't feel like it was a child, that makes sense. Okay, so it's an adopted child. He wishes he would have spent more time with that. With and that, that child feels like that child's over there. Right? Oh, it could child? be. I don't know. But that's now's a time for reconciliation, right? To understand that. Richard, you Wait, had a second. problem. Wait, one second. Thank you. It's always reconciled when you get over there. It always is. Mm -hmm. When the whole party's there. I see. But when the whole party's there, it's always reconciled. It just, and then he showed me something really cool. Like, it just takes your aware your awareness gets her like that, but it just takes your awareness to go. Oh, okay, we got it. Like, but it that's all it is. It's like, whoop, and they understand why. Like right. in a heartbeat. And, but he was also answering the question like, what were you and Sammy Davis Jr. talking about? And it was something like this: like the things you wished you had solved while you were on the planet and worked out better. That's a great answer plan, and very clear. Planning on trying to map out their next time. I was going to ask you a proof of concept question. Um, you had a, a physical affliction with, uh, which accounted for the way you walked. And I wonder if you can tell Jennifer what that was. He showed me the bottom of his spine. Okay. The spine. That's true. That's correct. And one leg was shorter than the other, like by yeah. three inches. Well, I had that, but not that bad. Well, apparently that's, that was part of, you know, that he just put it into his act, the way he moved, the way he danced and everything else, but a three inch. He also had um, arthritis, it feels like too. Really okay. Bad. Yeah, I think I read that. He did have a lot of issues. Um, well, I'm I, not, I'm not reading it, remember? No, I know. You don't know anything about Richard. Um, <laughs> Do you know his last name? You probably don't know his last name. Little Richard. Let's see if you can put in Jennifer's mind a symbol or a physical thing that will associate it with your last name. I don't know. I saw a lion. A lion. I don't know, but I'm sure as he's just laughing about it. He's showing me like a, some type of bird. Okay. I'll right. tell you, because you know, well, maybe know. he'll come to it. He might circle around. We've done this so many times. Sometimes later on, you'll say, oh, it's a blah. Hold on a second. I was in a Greyhound bus station in your hometown when I was about 14 years old. And it was probably 15 years after you worked there. Mm -hmm. But I read this the other day, and I thought to myself, that's so weird. I've been to that exact place. Well, Elvis showed up when you said that, and then he's like, that's another person that he's been talking to. Who's that? Elvis. Elvis. Okay. There's somebody else. Oh, 
Well, Elvis, what do you want to say about our friend Richard? He was an accomplished composer. And he just lit up the, he lit everybody up. Lit everybody up. And I know, Elvis, you sang it. Rules. It's almost like that um, one of the African American, beautiful, uh, Bill, uh, Holiday, Billy Holiday. Billy Holiday. Changed the rules. He ch yeah, they changed rules over. There's to... somebody else in our class that uh, we've interviewed. I love Billie Holiday. Just give me a second. Hold okay. on. Oh, is she here? I'm sorry. Did you just talking about her? Oh. What do you want to say? How are you? That's part of the reason why they both came down there. They both were, they both helped out so many future singers and play like they helped out so many other people because of the because of being who they are dealing with whatever they had to deal with but pushing you know making the lines blurred and then with martin Luther king like making it better and that's what they were supposed changing to changing the paradigm billy yeah. i can't not ask you these questions who was there to greet you when you crossed over felt like a sister someone like, felt a sister. like her sister and so your journey, which included. Oh, hold on one second. It was, well, there was a few, but I felt very strongly her father. Her father. And what was it like once you realized there was an afterlife? Was that dramatic for you or was that pleasant or what? I don't know why I just heard this. It's so funny. Hold on. Oh my gosh, now Michael Jackson. So. She showed me it was, she showed me that she got up there and she was half white or something like that. It was just funny the way she said it. You mean she stepped out of her body and she was clearly iridescent and no longer who she was? Yeah. Hmm. And all the things and you also had lifetimes, Billy? All the things with skin just went away. It's oh, so okay, that makes sense. That's what we, we hear it quite often. It, we're all this kind of weird thing that we look like here. And then when we step out of our body, we return to the light that we yeah. are. Let's yeah. see. And Billy, have you had other lifetimes as a musician or a performer or a singer? Many, many. Um, and a carpenter, she said. Okay. And, and there's some you know, Any carpenter we know? There's somebody that was a carpool. Huh. If I was a carpenter and you were a lady. Something that dealt with like the Sistine Chapel. So I was looking at, no wonder she did that. Okay. She's showing me, um, She helped Michael, An there was something about her helping Michelangelo. About being there at the time, working with Michelangelo. Yes. So were you a, a like a, an artisan who helped out? Something to do with yes. the scaffold, perhaps? Building the scaffold? I mean, Michelangelo spent years on the scaffold that went all the way up to the ceiling of the Vatican. Hold on. I almost feel like she was in love with him. It's interesting. It's very possible. Listen, this might be too far afield for people to handle, I, Billy. No, I, I wish appreciate I, it. I don't. 
love her. I wish there was a camera in my head because when you talk, then they come forward and they keep coming forward. And you just opened up like the biggest musicians Pandora box, no pun intended, <laughs> of everyone. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Listen, and I don't, and so I just want, I, we could go down this path, Billy. We could ask you their name, your name, you know, whether how old you were or where, what your life was, your journey. But for most people, they're going to want to know, Billy, you, you went through a, tr you know, traumatic experience with heroin. We know that. Was that part of your life's yeah. plan to explore that? Or was that just something that resulted out of the trauma you've had, you had in this lifetime? Oh. Even though she never met with Whitney Houston, there's a huge connection from Billie Holiday with Whitney Houston. Okay. And so something, and then the whole heroin, I don't know, that, that's who showed up with the Drug whole Drug addiction and... However, that influences your life. We're all laughing because every artist has had drug addiction. <laughs> it's like a check mark, they said. Check mark. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Very good. Billy, thank you so much. And you're always welcome to join us in our class. But Richard has center stage. I'm going to have to swing the lamp back to him for a second. So, Richard, what do you want to tell your friends always. your fans? What? Say again. I said, he said, always. Always. <laughs> said, he just bumped over Prince. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, hold on. What? Tell them to stop. He says, tell them to stop it. And I'm trying to figure out what it is or why he's saying that. His fans. He's saying he's saying to his fans, tell them to stop it. And I'm trying to get let me just Yeah, yeah. Stop waste stop wasting their precious earth time. <laughs> Fighting with people who don't care. Interesting. <laughs> Good um, point, Richard. Very well said, but I want to bring some. He's like, focus, focus. You ask the question, what does he want to leave to his fans? And he's answering it and you're saying no. No, no, go ahead. I have a follow-up. Okay, hold on. Gallery doing this. I know it sounds like a cliche. He's like, tell people to be who they are authentically supposed to be and not to cover up in everybody else's stuff. And he just, the way that he showed me was like the church stuff or the whatever it is that keeps you down, that keeps you from being your authentic self. He says, if you look at it, you can always have all of the church stuff and everything else. If you're yourself, you could still have it. No one's telling you not to be who you are. That's only you telling you because you're afraid. You're afraid for fear. Well, right. I, the follow-up question I had was related to somebody in our classroom. Okay. There's a guitar player in our class who used Jimmy to Hendrix. play with you. Yes, Jimi Hendrix. Thank you. How did you know that? You showed up when you said it. Okay. 
Jay used to perform with you, Richard. He was in your original band. And who was late? Because <laughs> they're making fun of the fact that someone was always late, and it was little Richard getting ready. So, Richard, you used to fine guys in your band $50 if they smiled, if they got bigger spotlight, got in front of you. You actually what? made Hendrix take off a shirt because you thought it was too flamboyant and it took center stage away from you. Any, what do you want to, what was it like to run into Jimmy when you got there? Trying to be just like he said, he was trying to live how everybody, how he was taught to live. He didn't, he what, he was not his authentic self, he said, when that was going on. But now, what was it like when you ran into Jimmy? He beat him with it. <laughs> he took a guitar and hit him. Jimmy did. <laughs> but, Jimmy, what's it like to see no. little Richard? Tears. I'm like, can you guys cry up there? And he says, this, there's a different, it, it's like crying. It's the same thing, being so incredibly grateful to have each other. And they went through a really difficult, besides what he put on, they went through a really difficult time. Just, I mean, he's like, you don't have to deal with this. He goes, he goes, we had our color that we had to deal with. We had our mannerisms that we had to deal with. We had our families that we had to deal with. We had the churches that we had to deal with. He goes, we had a lot more layers. Maybe that's why we were so dark. <laughs> like a lot more layers. Um, but he's like, once we broke free of that, we just flew. Once we broke free of each other, we flew. And if you think about it, Jimmy died when he was 27 years old a long time ago. And Richard lived to be 87. And so now you cross over and here's somebody that you... He was jealous of Jimmy. Well, that's a nice admission to make because Jimmy is still the best, the greatest. You know, and what he did. Oh, just like Neil Peart showing up. That's interesting. I don't know who that is. From Rush? You don't know who Neil Peart is? Oh, He's okay, like a... yeah. I know. I, I'm not that familiar with Rush. You know, you and I compliment each other in different ways, as you know. God, Neil Peart's gone, but then, like, I used to always say he's the best drummer in the world. Like, I loved Neil Peart. Well, let's ask Neil. If Neil's here, I can't not ask him. How are you doing, bro? Busy. Lots of things to do. Like what? Busy. They're all busy. Um, like what? Oh. He says attending to all his animals. Tell us how like, you do that. I don't know. Hold on. All of it. So the animals that, all, I don't know if he fought for certain causes. I don't know what he did. And I know, I know somebody else is coming in as well. I'm, I don't know what you did today to like, oh, they were all at Luana's birthday. Okay. Um, because our other friend who had, who helped elephants or, and also got hurt by one, the photographer. Peter Beard. Peter Beard. He's like, <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> he 
He's like, I really didn't want to be found. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Oh gosh, we can't laugh at that, Peter. I, it's a funny thing to say, but we're not allowed to laugh about it. He's glad that they have closure. He's just like, it just didn't look good. He was more concerned about the way it looked. I see. I see. He well, was never there. So eloquently, it was a perfect way to go. Be out in the woods, lay down, check out. Huge manhunt. Very good. Actually, I thought of you last night, Peter. I was yeah. watching David Spade being interviewed by, um, must have been Jimmy Kimmel. Frozen. Ah. Frozen. My back. Oh, Rich. I was thinking of you, Peter, last night because there's uh, David Spade was being interviewed by, uh, was it Jimmy Phil Kimmel? And there was a giant photograph that you took that he purchased that's on his wall. But apparently, can you hear me, Jennifer? Yeah, but apparently there's a lawsuit because you hadn't signed it. So, Peter, I want you to sign that portrait now, here, live, on the air for David Spade. Tell Jennifer what's in the photograph. This is your way of signing a painting. I'm sorry, signing a photograph that's giant that you took that David didn't get your signature and is suing people over. It's, was, did it have anything to do with SNL? <laughs> well, or David did. Right. I Jimmy, uh, I can't remember if it was Kimmel or Fallon, whatever. Doesn't matter. I'm going to ask his sister. But the, the photograph that you took that's on David Spade's wall, mm -hmm. a giant blown up photograph, it does something. And if you can put that in Jennifer's mind, just a photo, just a picture, who or what is in the photograph? This is a way of you signing this photograph for David Spade. And I know you're not familiar with Peter Beard's work. No, but hold on. He wasn't with a dog. Was there a dog in there in the photograph? There's a small animal that looks like a dog. That's what it feels like, but I can't get what it is. He keeps okay. showing I'm pretty sure it's a tiger cub. Okay, that's what it looks like, but I just. You wouldn't know. It's in black and white, yeah. it's a giant photograph, and the cub is in in an object, <laughs> a tree. All right. All right. So, you know, I was, Peter, I guess you still don't want to sign. <laughs> Hold on a second. He didn't have time to get over there. He just oh, didn't. Speaking of animals, and I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this just a little bit. Jennifer has been helping a close friend of mine whose dog passed away. And he called me the other day to tell me of a conversation that he had with you that blew his mind. <laughs> and my friend, without getting into too many details about him, is an Oscar-winning screenwriter. Right. Robert Town. Yes. And Robert's dog passed away many years yeah. ago. And he was very close, very connected to this dog. And as he was talking to Jennifer on the phone, she said, apropos of nothing, I don't know, I wasn't there, but 
she, you, what did you say uh, to him? I just said, I'm like, listen, he's with you, but he says he's with you usually, like he's in the kitchen with you and you're eating apple slices. And there's something with cinnamon. He goes, well, yeah. <laughs> so for the audience, Jennifer's in her car driving. Yeah. Robert's calling her on her cell phone. She's accessing a memory that the dog, Hyra, had in the kitchen while Robert's wife was baking apple slices with cinnamon and Robert was eating carrots. That's what I said too. I'm like, but there's something with carrots. Like it was exchanged with carrots. See, and Jennifer doesn't even remember what she said, but Robert called me and said, it changes everything. Once you realize your loved one still exists, it changes everything. I love that. And Robert, Oscar award-winning screenwriter, when he says stuff like that, I, I say, gosh, I wish I could write that down. <laughs> I just have. It but changes everything. I'm laughing because I'm like, there's something though about the carrots. And he's like, well, we eat carrots with the apples. I'm like, okay, Robert, I don't know it, but I felt something. I've never even heard of people baking apples with cinnamon. I don't even know it. Like, and Hyra, the dog who passed away 20 years ago, is showing Jennifer that he's observing Robert while he's having apples with cinnamon and eating carrots. And yes. that's proof positive evidence of an afterlife, not to you, not to the audience, right. but to Robert. You see, it's very important to dis differentiate this distinction. People are always talking about, oh, I want evidence. I want proof of the afterlife. You aren't going to get it. The only thing you can get is proof to yourself. Right. And he didn't know it at the time. Like when I was talking to him, he was like, okay. He goes, yeah. He goes, he's showing you that? I'm like, yeah, there's something with apples and cinnamon that he really likes. But he says there's something with an exchange of carrots. I thought it was an exchange. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. by the time he got off the phone with you and he processed it, he realized there's only one possible answer for your being aware of what you had observed. And that is through the consciousness of his dog who passed away years ago. Yeah. So... Once you realize that it's possible, let's just allow that. And we've heard this from Robert's old friend, Harry Dean Stanton, who said to us, came through Claire's Isabel and said, Richard, when you go to my memorial service, tell my friends to believe in the afterlife. And Harry was a skeptic and an atheist. And I said, Harry, none of your friends are going to believe I talked to you. And he said, then tell them to believe in the possibility of an afterlife, and then they won't waste any more time arguing about it like right. i did just like little richie he said i wanted to believe exactly just like little richard or richie we could call him richie no, little richard ha! well little richard i think that it's hilarious that you used to make used to find people if they didn't call you king that was that was your turn but you know i gotta tell you this we heard this from James Brown as well, because James Brown, who came after you, right, who learned quite a bit from you, and James is in our class, yeah. he also used to find his musicians if they weren't right on top of it. So we find them for being offbeat. You find them for being off something, whatever that, the word is. That was really funny, though, because 
that he just said they're late. They're so like that's what he was trying to show me was how neurotic. I'm like, who's neurotic? And I was being shown it was him. He was mad, but he was the one they were making fun of the whole fact. Like it's just so funny to me. So Richard, have you been able to play any piano or make any music since you've been over there, or is it just a different experience? Oh my gosh. Wow. Once he was over there, all of the loved ones that he's had, everyone that he knew that was here, animals included, he got to play for them. Wow. It was like his, play? It was his homecoming. Did you perform for like a whole set or was it just one or two songs or what happened? Wow, hold on a second. Let me just go through this. I guess everyone does that. That's so exciting. So when you leave, you perform. That's what, that's how you are welcomed in. Like that's, you're already welcomed in, but that's how you get there. Like, it's so fascinating to see that. What a great entrance. You're able to go and like, whatever age that you were your best self, you get to perform. That's great. And so he said his age was 42. Yep. In his mind's eye. In his Interesting. Mind. And then he played. Um, were you on a stage or were you on the same level as everybody else? They had a makeshift, they made a makeshift stage for him. Okay. But it almost feels like he's, oh, Grace, thou art. Wait. Oh. So he played a gospel song. Yeah, he did. Oh, great, thou art. And then he pulled up Jimmy and they started playing. And I think Jimmy broke the, like, Jimmy, so, the way that I see Jimmy and the way he, he broke his guitar, like, he, they all reenacted certain things. Wow. Yeah. Now, I know you so well. What is with the gu- guitar being broken? Because I've been Well, Jimmy, Jimmy used to set his guitar on fire, you know, so it's uh, possible that it's a, just a reference to, you know, or maybe there was a time when they broke so- a guitar. So he could blow it up, he says, and then have it all intact again, like that. <laughs> Boom. A Stratocaster, flames, it's right. a Stratocaster again. So, knowing you as well as I do, you don't remember, but I'm going to remind you. When John Lennon told us about his crossing over, he said he walked on to stage and he was playing. I didn't know. I he was playing Long Tong Sally, or no, Blue Suede Shoes with Jimmy. Jimmy and John Lennon on stage, and it was like the downbeat was happening. And he walked on stage, and they were like, here's your guitar, and play. And he started playing that song, song that I didn't know he had recorded in life. And then when we asked Jimmy about his crossing over, he also told us that he was on stage playing Blue Suede Shoes, but not with John, just at another point. And again, because, of course, John was still on the planet, but... The same song, and both of them have recorded it. I didn't know that. We talked to Clarence Clemens. Clarence Clemens, the sax player for the Springsteen band. Same thing. How great thou art. How How great thou art. How great thou art. What a great song for his life. But we also talked to Danny Federici, who also a member of the Springsteen band, who told us elaborate ruse that they played on him when he the band was playing and he went on stage and his instrument wasn't there. And he was like, oh, my God, there's no instrument here. And they were playing like, why aren't you playing? 
and then suddenly it appeared and then he realized oh i'm in the afterlife i see so yeah. we talked to many musicians who found themselves performing on stage just the way you described it where it's almost like that's their entry into the afterlife they see their mother they see chickens they see whatever it is that allows them to realize they're somewhere else and the next thing you know you hear like them counting down and now you're, the curtain opens up and there's a, an audience of thousands and they're cheering crazily. And, and, and then they get to play and perform. It's a beautiful image. The thing is that he just showed me like a, like a calendar and you know there's no time over there. But if they know when someone's gonna pass, they get all set up for it. <laughs> the roadies, the roadies all get the equipment out there. That's so See, this would be a perfect time to play the song, How Great Thou Art. Is that what it's called, How Great Thou Art? Hmm. I wonder, wonder who, I wonder if Aretha ever sang that, maybe. I don't know. It, I don't know if Richard ever performed it, you know, within the context of his career, but that is his background. The other one was Grace, what was it called? Amazing uh, Grace? Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, right. We he said, talk how great thou art, though. So whatever you're going to find out about that. How great thou art. All right, very good. Well, yeah. I'm going to learn how to play it. Um, you know, because when you get to the flip side, you, get, you better be ready. You better have your tune, you know, standing by. I mean, we talked to Paul Allen, the right. founder of Microsoft, and he said he was learning how to play the ukulele. I mean, mm -hmm. these people who have a fondness for instruments and for music. We've heard this consistently. Prince talks about it a lot, which is the frequency of music. Literally strings. Everclaves, the infinite. Just, it's so amazing how, I mean, what, there is no cap to the universe, right? Right. But it feels like from here. I'm like, what will I be doing? <laughs> I got shown that I'll be Luana talking to the other side. Yeah, talking to people, yeah. what will I be doing? She showed I'll me, be, you know what she showed me? Breaking my clipboard and walking away. <laughs> like, <laughs> quitting. So I don't want that ever. That See what she's saying. It's so frustrating trying to get people's attention here. Ah. Oh. All right, well, Lou, let's go back to you for a second if we can. She showed me, I asked my dad for a sign. I said, dad, give me a sign, you know, that you're around. People ask for signs all the time. I forget to ask for myself. Yeah. Send me a sand dollar. And then... I'm like, oh yeah, the beach is opening up tomorrow, you know, and I always ask my own guidance. I'm like, should I go down there at six or can I wait? I got told no, go down there early. There was only one sand dollar in a mile and a half because I went to, I mean, I probably did. I've never seen a sand dollar on the beach, but I can't believe you found one intact. I saw that photograph. I knew to go down there, so I planned on it. I even asked again, like I used to always do this. I'm like, should I still work out? And I always get told yes. And I just follow it. <laughs> Sometimes I, it's, you know, rarely. But so when I went down there, though, I forgot that I asked my dad for a sign. I just remembered that I need to go down there. Mm -hmm. And then I looked, I'm like, wait a second. And I saw it. And I'm telling you, for a, a mile and a half radius there and back, or it was three miles, whatever it was, three miles, um, it was... There was not one, not one other one. That was it. And I just sat there. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, my dad showed me this last night. And it was just the coolest feeling. It gave me, such, I had such a big smile on my face, you know, and it was just, 
I'm like some of, two of the things that I miss the most, my dad and I miss being at the beach. You know, we take it for granted that the beach is always going to be there, right? Which it is. <laughs> well, we it will know, be. But we might not always have access to it. Yeah, this that's true. My life. This is happening. By the way, the sand dollar, you know, if you break it open, the little, not that you should, but you know, the little bones that are in the sand dollar, yeah. they make a cross if you put them together. Did you know that? No. So something you learn when you're a Catholic. I remember opening one up and then putting them together. And it makes like a, it's not a Coptic cross, but it's like a cross, I think. Maybe it's a Coptic cross. I'm sure you'll anyway. get it. Sure you'll but get. that is something, you know, those have, for a long time had symbolic reference. Um, I hear, ooh, two military helicopters going overhead. Well, we were supposed to have planes. We were supposed to have- Yeah, the jets will be here tomorrow, Friday. You sure? It'll be the Thunderbirds. There were some planes that went over last yesterday. How much yeah. longer do I have of you? Um, I have to go. That's, that's not very much longer. No, it's not. All right. So I'm going to save that deep question I had for Stephen Hawking for next week. Okay. Right? Um, who? Wait a minute. There was somebody at the end of last week that I said, we'll save that question till next week. <laughs> no, I forgot what it was. Whatever. Know. Well, let's thank everybody. Mr. Yes. Um, Pennyman. Penny. I was looking for a penny. Mr. Pennyman, Richard Pennyman. Okay. Um, he hated people calling him Pennyman. So he, that's why he wanted to show it to me. <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. And thank you, sir, for stopping by and sharing your wit and wisdom and Billy Holiday. Billie and Billy Holiday. Wow. Prince. Somebody we asked to come forward, but somebody who did. Rita, Billy Holiday. Jimmy. Um, Martin Luther King. Jimi Hendrix. Did he come uh, by? I missed Martin Luther King. I'm sorry. I mean, you mentioned him. But. He was explaining how difficult it was when he talked about, so what did you guys, when you asked the question, what did you guys discuss? And I saw them in New Orleans saying how we fucked up about, I'm sorry, sorry. How we, what we Well, that was Sammy Davis Jr., I think. That was it, but they, then they showed me how difficult it was and how they all contributed to like blending in the lines and how great that Well, that was. was a brilliant analogy. The layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of difficulty. And despite all of that difficulty, created some of the most memorable music that the planet will ever hear. Yes. So we have to thank you for that, sir. And of course, you are the father of rock and roll. We know that now. People haven't really said it, but all the people in our class that are that are here now must pay homage to you, the king, including Elvis. Well, that's why I showed up. That's so funny. He's like, I learned from dance. Like, Very good. It's been a musical adventure. We thank you for Richard, and we thank Jennifer, and we thank Luana, and happy birthday, Lou. For those who still want to play along with our raffle, uh, it's on richmartini.com, and there's five questions that I posed. Those who answer those questions, or one of them, gets a free copy of our book. And Jennifer also generously offered people who have purchased the book and send a confirmation to Martini Prods, 
P-R-O-D-S, at Gmail, they will be entered to a raffle to win an hour-long session with her. Yes. All right. That's it. We love you. Bye, guys. Wash your hands. A lot.